0: They seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned, elusive Pimpernel The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. first saw the wreckage of the fishing boat off Shoreham as the morning mists cleared away. Aboard the daydream, Tony Dewhurst and I, along with other members of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel, have been waiting to sail with a change of the tide. It's out there to scarpe it, Blackney. you better use the glass. Thank you. See it? Yes. A man clinging to a bit of wreckage. That's strange. What? Seems to be bobbing about in one spot. Riding the swells, but not moving with them. Well, what do you make of that? Some shallows there. Might be that the piece of mast he's hanging onto is still connected to the body of his ship by ropes. Do you see any other survivors? No. And well, I don't think we'll be seeing that one for long, unless we get to him. Boats, hailing! White anchor, make sail. Wreckage to starboard.
1: Howling.
0: You want me to take me home? No. Kent's back there, he heard. He'll take us in close. No, not too close with this sea. No need for it. You and I can pick him up in the small boat. I wonder who the poor devil is. I'm certain he'll be happy to tell us if we get to him in time. We made it in time. Just in time. Our approach was difficult. And even as the small boat bore down on him, the man clinging to the wreckage gave his last conscious gasp and relaxed his hold on the mast. But at the same moment, Tony Dewhurst, with a gigantic stretch, leaned over the gunwale and caught him by the hair. Got him, Blakeney! Can you hold him? Yes, yes. It hair's slippery. Can you lend a hand? If I let go of this killer, we'll founder. her. Brace yourself. What are you going to do? Take one, broadside. It's our only chance. it will wash him in on us. We'll swamp us all together. go ahead. Yes. Here it comes. Better be ready to bail as soon as we've got him. Got him! Look out! One I steady! Good! She's coming about! One more and she won't, though. Get busy with that bucket. Right! How is he? In bad shape, I'm afraid. You'll never want to see the sea again, I'll wedger. Looks like a French fisherman. French, all right, Tony. But not a fisherman. How can you tell? His face is weathered from the sea, all right. But look at his hands. They've never handled nets. My guess is he's a French naval officer. But that piece of mast lately, not big enough for a warship, must have been a fishing boat. I agree about the vessel, Tony, but not about the man. Well, why should he be aboard such a craft then? That's something I hope to find out when we get him safely aboard the Daydream. <laughs> Coming around now, Blackney. Yes. Hold the spirits under his nose again. All right. <coughs> That's enough. Come on, old boy. Come on. What? What? Ha- the hold. The hold, I must. Uh, steady. Steady, man. You're all right. You be with <coughs> a tot of rum, Blackney. There's something to the eh? Better fetch it. Right away. What, what sort of a ship is this? A private vessel. You you are the owner? Yes. And you? Just a fisherman, monsieur. Jean Soulet. That may be your name, all right, but you're not a fisherman. You are very clever and quick in your observations, monsieur. We found your identification papers when we removed your clothing, Lieutenant Soulet. Very well, monsieur. Does it matter? I am grateful to you for saving my life. It may not be saved yet. What do you mean by that? The wreckage you were clinging to was part of a fishing vessel. And you are not in French naval uniform. I see. To the British Admiralty, that might sound as though you were secretly observing our coastal (laughs) defences. You think I am a spy, monsieur? It is possible. Has it not occurred to you that I might be a deserter from the French Navy? I... uh, Here's the run. Pour one out for our French friend, Tony. Uh Speaking of friends, French and otherwise, Kent just gave me a message. One of our warships was sighted a few moments ago. Signalman wanted to know if we'd caught any sight of a French Corvette. When? Good morning. Fancy they'd spotted one briefly and lost it in the mist. Pretty close to our shores. Yes, very close. <laughs> what do you think of that, Lieutenant Houlay? As I said, I am a deserter. Perhaps they thought to catch me and my fishing vessel. So that's it? No, Tony. I'm afraid that isn't it at all. Better give the lieutenant his drink. You'll need it. Of course. Yes. Thank you. I do not know what wild thought your imagination leads you to, monsieur, but... No wild thought, Lieutenant. That corvette they sighted was not pursuing you. It was escorting you.
1: Escorting
0: me, monsieur? For what purpose? I would say for the purpose of seeing you safely landed on this side of the channel. Apparently they did not succeed, then. No, because our warship scared them off. Well, why should they escort a fishing vessel, Blackney? That's for our friend to tell us. I have nothing to tell. Don't lie, Suley. When you regained consciousness a few moments ago, you immediately started to babble about something in the hold of your ship. That's right, to It was your first thought. What is in the hold of that sunken vessel, Sule? There is gold. 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 gold? Yes, gold. More than ten million francs in gold. See here. You're joking. I do not joke, monsieur. You are bringing ten millions in gold to England. For what reason? to be placed on deposit in English banks under a false name. For whom? Obviously, monsieur, for some member of our new and glorious republic. What do you mean, Suley? I think his meaning is all too obvious, Tony. Some of the French officials are stealing tax money and sending it abroad to be held for their own use. Is that it, Suley? Oui. Does it surprise you? No, it doesn't. How many times have you done this before? This would have been my third trick. It was a trip. my crew did not wish to complete. They mutinied, planning to seize the gold for themselves and take refuge in England. It was the mutiny that led to our shipwreck. The rest you know. Quite a pretty story, eh, Terry? Citizen Chauvelin and the other French officials bleed their people white with taxes while they themselves grow fat and prosperous. Yes. Even send the money abroad, so it'll be safe if the people ever find the courage to turn on them. You must be proud of yourself, Souray. I am a military man, monsieur. I am given my orders and I endeavor to obey them. It is not for me to decide what is right or wrong. Tell the men to stand by, Tony. We have work to do. Uh, what sort of work? As soon as the sea is calm, we are going down after that goal. By midday, the sea had calmed sufficiently. The fishing vessel was in comparatively shallow water. And by diving in relays, we managed to secure ropes to the chests in the hold and raise them to the deck of the daydream. But all the while, Soulet studied me with a speculative look. He seemed to be making a decision about something as we hauled the last chest aboard. Neatly done, gentlemen. Is that right, Sule? Four chests in all? That is correct, monsieur. I... I would like to speak to you alone, monsieur. All right. Back into my cabin. Secure those chests, Tony. All right. All right, Suley. What do you want to say? What do you plan to do with me, monsieur? That's a matter for the law to decide, not me. I will send you ashore to be dealt with by the British authorities, since you were picked up in our territorial waters. That is fair enough. That isn't why you really came in here. That isn't what you want to ask. (laughs) No, you are right. What I wanted to ask is far more important to me than my own fate. Did you mean what you said this morning? About what? About the gold. About making certain that it went back to the French people. Every sou of it. I will ask one more question, monsieur. The truth of your answer will be important to me. Are you the Scarlet Pimpernel? Why should that matter to you? Because, despite being a military man, I am a Frenchman. I love my country and my people. If you are the Pimpernel, I will tell you why I ask. All right. I am the Scarlet Pimpernel. I was sure of it. You are going to give 10 million francs back to the French people. Would you like to give them a hundred million more? A hundred million? Oh, do not be amazed, monsieur. I do not joke. Like the money you have on deck, it will be tax money taken from the poor and the hungry. Where is it now? At this moment, in the government treasury at Paris but sometime next week an attempt will be made to ship it to Spain to be deposited in banks there. I see. I cannot give you an exact date. Once the money leaves Paris, I do not know how it will be handled or exactly where it will go. But you do know what method will be employed to get it out of Paris. Oui. That much I can tell you. If you and your men can seize it for redistribution, <laughs> we can try. Very well. In the Rue de Galilée, there is a carriage house and stable owned by Edouard Merier. It is he who will supply transportation when the money is moved. Uh, he must supply transportation for many purposes. Yes, 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 but in this case, it will be different. His daughter will drive one of the coaches. The daughter's name is Yvonne. A girl? That's aunt? Nevertheless, it is so. Yvonne is a supporter of the regime. The trip will be made at night. It will not be necessary for you to maintain watch during the day. But I must warn you, the carriages will be heavily guarded. Well, that's to be expected. You will have to fight. I have but one request to make. No matter what happens, please make certain that the girl Yvonne comes to no harm. You love her? No, monsieur. I do not love her. Not anymore. But she happens to be my wife. Abandoned their English identities and assumed French disguises Fortunately for us, the carriage shop of Edouard Merrielle Was a meeting place for loiterers, And over a period of days, Tony and I Slowly became part of the circle that gathered there every evening I see our friends are already assembled, Blakely Yes, well at least they have no suspicion of us We seem to be socially acceptable Don't be too certain The girl Yvonne hasn't accepted us Well, Muriel has Possible that the old man doesn't know what his carriages are being used for. The girl does, but why should she suspect it? I don't know. But I'm going to find out. How? Ah. By telling her that we also know what the carriages are being used for. Isn't that a bit foolhardy? Not if I achieve my purpose. You mean getting us guillotined, our boy? <laughs> no. But when those carriages eventually do go out, it won't hurt our plans if I'm driving one of them. Yes, but what are the other things? Better save it, Tony. Muriel sees us coming. <clears throat> Ah, bonsoir, comrades. You are late tonight. Bonsoir, bonsoir. Citizen Marielle <laughs> Good evening, citizen comrades. Ah, oh, <laughs> but let us not despair, comrades. Mark my words. Our leaders have a plan that would settle all of you. Oh, what really? plan is this? A plan to relieve the misery and suffering of the people. Uh, citizen Chauvelin and others of the Committee of Public Safety will soon show their generosity. Oh, oh what oh, do you oh, mean? Oh, I only overheard, of course, but <laughs> There is a large surplus of gold from the taxes they have collected. Ah. There is a plan to return the tax gold to the poor of each district. Ah. Then I pray they start in my district of Bagnolet. None is poorer in all of France. Bagnolet? Ah, but that is where they will start. They will. Is it not, so, comrade? Is not that the decision? Uh, oui, uh, Bagnolet. Oh, I am fortunate to have a means of livelihood, but... Do not joke with these other citizens unless you know whereof you speak. Oh, I assure you, citizen Mariel, the poor of Bagnolet will have gold in their hands before the week is out. <laughs> no, 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 no. If the Committee of Public Safety is going to be so generous there, well, it is only logical that they will also favor the people of the other district. Oh, you must no. be dreaming, citizen. Somewhere or other you have wetted your mouth with too much wine. <laughs> no, no. is done with rumor. He only repeats what we have heard. If you do not like my good news, citizen Mariel, perhaps your daughter will. I do not see her about. No, she is at the tavern in La Then I shall go there and find her. Would you care to walk along with me, citizen? Oh, we oui, I am going that way in any case. Bonsoir, were
1: What
0: the devil was all that about, me. An inspiration, Tony. We are going to distribute that money in Bagnolet, but to tell them about it with that wild story about the generosity of Chauvelin and the committee, It's going to cause talk, you know. That's exactly what I intended it to do. And we're going to give the talk some help. You know where to locate Kent and Fuchs? Of course. Well, go to them at once. Now, tell them to get all the materials we need for printing. Uh, You know, printing the sort of announcement posters that the new government is forever plastering over the town. Why? Because we're going to put up a few of our own on their behalf. Uh, What are you going to announce? The same thing I announced to our friends back there. How? The distribution of a 100 million francs in gold to the poor people of Bagnoli. (laughs) plan came to me suddenly. No longer a waiting plan, but a plan to force the other side into action. While Tony went in search of Kenton Fuchs, I found Yvonne at the Taverne La Tourette. I did not join her, but I waited until she started for home. Then I followed and caught up to her. Uh, why do you hurry so, Mademoiselle? The night is pleasant, and one so lovely as you should not walk alone. I am
1: not in a mood for romantic walks citizen, if you wanted to talk to me, you might have done so in a tavern.
0: You were surrounded with other admirers.
1: Admirers capable of buying wine. You
0: call that wine? <laughs> I do not know why you even condescend to drink it. You could command champagne.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Your husband, Lieutenant Soule, commands champagne. What do you know about my husband? A great deal. I know a great deal about many things. About carriages and fishing vessels. And ten million francs in gold.
1: Do you know where my husband is?
0: In England. This time, he did not deposit the gold and return.
1: A traitor. So that it was. You are
0: surprised that he found ten millions in gold more attractive than you?
1: What is ten million? When I could have...
0: She made the mistake I'd expected. The error I'd hoped for. Madame Souley was playing a big game for big stakes with her husband nothing more than a pawn. The pieces clicked together in my mind. I... I mean... That... I know what you mean, madame. You are using your husband to deposit stolen gold for another man. A man you eventually hope to share it with.
1: All right, citizen. What of it? You breathe one word and I'll have you killed. By your
0: friend? <laughs> that would depend on what I said, would it not? I suppose I were to say that you plotted with your husband, that you were really playing your game the other way. Suppose I were to implant in your friend the thought that you are now waiting a chance to run to England and join your husband. He wouldn't believe you. Oh, wouldn't he, madame? Can you be so certain of that? He's a man who will rob his country and his people, a man who will freely and without question believe a woman who has betrayed her husband. You... you... Is there really honor among thieves? What do you want? A share in the next venture, madame. I will drive one of the wagons when you move 100 million in gold for deposit in Spain.
1: The drivers have all been handpicked. I have nothing to say.
0: Then I'm... use your influence, madame, or I will use my knowledge.
1: All right. I will try. The shipment will be made on Friday come to the tables Friday night at 11.
0: I will be there every night at 11 from now on in case the time is changed. Bonsoir, Madame Soule. I let her go. Then I followed her for one last piece of information. She did not go to the stables. Instead, she went directly to the home of Citizen Chauvelin himself. My plan had taken form perfectly by the time I reached my rendezvous with Tony and other members of the League. Well, well, there's all the poster equipment, Blackley. Good. Let's get busy. Right. Now, we'll want the top in very large letters. Your best at that book, so you mark it out. Kent and Tony and I will fill in the lettering. What do you want it to say? That, by order of Citizen Chauvelin uh, and the Committee of Public Safety, yeah. a tax surplus of 100 million francs in gold will be distributed to the people of the Banyolet district at the earliest possible moment, and um, that similar relief will be given to other districts immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted an announcement. Come on, now. Busy all. I want dozens of these finished and placed all over the city by the morning. Yes. Well, we don't even know when they're going to move the gold. I think we do, Tony. Once these posters go up, they'll be forced, through fear, to move it tomorrow night. Yes, but it's so heavily guarded, we'll never get close to it. That's where you're wrong. I'll be driving one of the carriages, oh. and I'll be carrying a little surprise of my own, which I'd better start rigging now. Uh, what sort of a surprise? An explosive surprise. The guards will be looking for trouble from outside. It'll be quite a shock to them when one of the carriages explodes in their midst. Oh, granted, but what do we do then? In the confusion, I think we'll be able to do just what we please. You and the others can follow, mounted and in troop uniform. And as soon as you hear the blast, come quickly. Knock the drivers out, take their places, and we'll take the carriages and all. And judging by the text of this sign, we head for Bagnolet. Right, folks, to distribute a 100 million francs with the compliments of Citizen Chauvelin. You know, of course, that half the French army will be after us. Not for long, Tony. They'll never reach us. You can gather quite a crowd whenever you start throwing away gold. (laughs) got the signs posted, and by morning the city was in an uproar. Troops tried to tear the signs down and were mobbed by angry and excited crowds. By nightfall, rolling mobs with torches were stalking the streets. Even the mounted troops, failing to maintain any semblance of order, were joining in the excited conversations. I gave Tony and the others final instructions and headed for the stables in Rue Galilée. They seemed locked and shuttered, but I pounded brazenly at the door, and finally it opened.
1: Oh! It is you, citizen.
0: Oui, madame. (laughs) You seem ready to move tonight. I thought you would be. After the announcement today, Citizen Chauvelin must be mad.
1: Fool! do you think he made such a proclamation? Because of it, we are forced to move tonight.
0: You should have notified me, madame. I came here only by chance.
1: Then it is fortunate for both of us. There is no time for argument, and we have not been able to contact all the drivers we need. Which wagon shall I take? That one over there. Select a team and hitch them. (laughs)
0: was almost as though they were working to my own timetable. Because of the mobs in the streets, it was impossible to leave until the district grew quiet in the early morning hours. Then the carriages moved quietly towards the center of the city. It took a full hour to load the chests of gold and get started toward the outskirts of the town. I lit the fuse to the powder charge I had concealed, waited a few seconds, then leapt from the seat and fell flat at the side of the road. You, Laila, what is wrong? You will know in a moment. I remembered my promise to Lieutenant Soulet, so I took the carriage his wife was driving. She was stunned, and so I tossed her, none too gently, into a heap of rubbish in the middle of the road as my men seized the last of the carriages and started off. I led them through narrow streets where our pursuers were forced to drop back and take our withering fire. The body of the carriage served as our protection daylight was just breaking as we thundered into the streets of Bagnolet. Wake up, citizens! Wake up! Huh? Start throwing the gold about, men!
1: Right. Go, 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 go,
0: go, go. Go. By the time we reached the center of the district, a surging mob was behind us. We brought the carriages to a halt. In a matter of minutes, there was pandemonium. There, was citizens. there is enough for all! Money for bread, citizens! <laughs> <Rain> <laughs> <in> power, <laughs> in Take me here. We'd better get out of the car. Oh, why not? Our work is done. These are good people. their money, and let's walk. Oh, come in, come in. Well, I say one for you. One thing for you, Blakely. You certainly do know how to give a part <laughs> and my wife was not harmed. <laughs> quite certain, oh I'm glad but uh, what oh I don't know giving that money out in the name of citizen Chauvelin you, you even tell me how they cheered you have made him a hero do you think so <laughs> tell him Tony he may be a hero in Bagnolet but we went back to our old disguises and lingered about Paris for a few days citizen Chauvelin has quite a problem how so well he can't possibly admit that he was stealing the money and it was given back by the Scarlet Pimpernel, can he? No. So now all the other districts are getting irritable. They want to know when the good citizen is going to help them. They're getting downright nasty about it.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Have a drink, Tulay, <laughs> gentlemen,
0: to Citizen Chauvelin.
1: <laughs> <laughs>